welcome everyone to PW Fan. The PW Fan is the ultimate pro wrestling podcast created by fans for the fans. And welcome to episode 102. I'm your host, Collector Barber, musician, and most importantly, a professional wrestling podcaster, Talk Wrestling Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of Pro Wrestling Podcast, Funko Pop Collector, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, Andy. I am also host, the No Sound Wrestling Indie fan and football lover, Jeremy. All right, everyone. Today we will be discussing and reviewing the Tuesday Night War for the first time in a long time. AEW and WWE NXT went head to head, so we'll be talking about that. Adam Clo- Adam Copeland, aka Edge, first AEW match, a loaded SmackDown season premiere, more CM Punk news, and more. And of course, closing out our uh, show, we always do our classic show of the week, so stick around until the end, we'll we'll be talking about that. Before we start on this week's episode, let's go over a couple social media things. Uh, YouTube.com backslash at the PWFanPod, please like, most importantly subscribe, you're really helping us uh, keep the show going, you're helping us uh, get on that recommended for you page for wrestling in particular, you know, so people can see the channel and uh, start uh, listening along. Uh, for all other social media, at the PW Fan, and we should pop right up, whether that's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Uh, we got shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW Fan. Uh, five different shirt designs, a uh, bunch of different cool... I would say that they're all pretty wearable. I mean, maybe the one of our face might be a little rough, but if you really don't care, get the one of our face. I wear the one of our face. Um, Andy, we got a big show this week. I'm going to pass it over to you. Uh, take us in, buddy. Let's get talking this week. So one thing I didn't write down, but me and Jeremy were talking about before the show, because um, I think this is news this week. Vince McMahon is reportedly no longer part of WWE Creative um, ever since the merger. Thank God. Um, now I'm reading an article right now from WrestleView.com. And it's uh, more details on why Vince McMahon is reportedly no longer part of WWE creative. Um, So uh, within both WWE and UFC, uh, multiple contacts within them have confirmed the Endeavor CEO, Ari Emanuel, is behind the change with Paul Levesque. Uh, being fully in charge of WWE creative, that report also states Emmanuel has long been a firm believer that in order for an organization to be as effective as possible, people need to do the job they are only assigned to. Furthermore, it was said that Vince, as the executive chairman, will specifically focus on overseeing a lucrative new media rights deal for Raw and NXT. Because I believe they're they are going to be leaving USA Network, I think. Yeah. Um which and then USA also says, Network, USA Network, they're, if they're going to be leaving USA, we're going to be talking about some USA Network comments. <laughs> on the show. And I, I, I don't comment know when commented to, to them to them today. I said, why are you doing this to us? <laughs> we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that before we even get into Raw. Um, but the last thing about the Vince stuff is it says the report concluded by saying that Vince does have an ironclad contract which protects him financially, but not yet politically. So it looks like since the merger, there's there's been some changes, which I know for us three, um, 
we like Paul Levesque being in charge. Yeah, he's finally completely in charge of creative, which is nice uh, to see. Look, I'm just think about it, guys. I mean, for the first however many generations of WWF, all the way up to 2000, and I'm being generous here, okay? Some of that stuff in the mid-2000s was, or later that you say 2000, to, Just say to the PG era. The PG era, some of that stuff was hard to get through as a fan. But, I mean, is there anybody that's like, oh, God, I really wish when Vince was booking this show. I haven't met one person or talked to one person that's like, oh, I prefer when Vince was booking the show over Triple H. Like, come on. Clearly, yeah, the last two years or year of of Triple H booking the show, first of all, is doing record numbers. It's got more people. I mean, I wouldn't say more people watching than ever because statistically that's just not true with the Attitude Era. But, I mean, it's making more money than ever. That is a fact. Yeah, they've increased attendance as well, which is like, if you look a few years ago, that was, um, like, everyone likes posting those AEW photos now. That was kind of like, I don't know if you'll remember, that was WD when Vince was fully in charge for the sale. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to talk about Tony, and we're going to talk about AEW. God. Andy, what's next on the list? Well, did you want to talk about the punk stuff? Because we were talking about USA. I mean, <laughs> there's not much to go over other than the fact, like you said in the group chat, I don't know what's fucking real anymore. I don't know who is someone just messing. Well, explain explain the like... USA Network thing for the people that didn't. See. I got oh. made it five minutes in before talking about punk. Yeah, of course. But uh, <laughs> well, he is the king. The king is back, baby, as he would say. Um, is he though? Uh, Again, he'll be back. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> basically, long story short, is uh, USA Network. There's a video that WWE posted of Shinsuke Nakamura doing the GTS which they posted on social media again recently, not just like when it aired, they posted it again. And then USA Network commented, best in the world. At this point, I think everybody's just fucking with us. I think he is coming to Survivor Series, but to make it so not blatantly obvious, you gotta make it a little bit of a surprise like oh yeah he's not talking to him they did the same thing with edge yeah they they've done this before they did it with cody mm-hmm. so yeah well i mean andy did you do you want to say what you so told me before or sorry recording oh so about punk? yeah i mean i had read something that people think that like the Corey graves comments were done to piss cm punk off but I dude, I don't know anything anymore. Reports like are all it over was the place. only with Seth Rollins. Every every only everything that's Rollins. been mentioned ever with CM Punk on t- that it has to do with CM Punk um, has been only during Seth Rollins segments. Look, yeah. if, if and then USA comments that. I just think I was talking about they just trolling us. Like, no, I was talking about this with a customer at the barbershop. I just think that. If he's not going to be there, just say he's not going to be there because people are going to buy tickets thinking, I don't care what they say, he's going to be there. 
If he's really not going to be there, they should literally say, hey, CM Punk is not going to be at the yeah. show. If that's the reason why you're coming, like, I'm sorry. Because that's the only way well, people like... are going to believe that he's not really showing up there. Yeah. It sounds like people already are. It's, it's almost sold out said, already. Yeah. If it's almost sold out already, <laughs> they're already thinking it's going to be there. Or is it just because they – I mean, I would – Dude, I mean, I if I lived in Chicago, just the fact that it's war games, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, it's survivor. I mean, series. yeah, but like, also the the rumor of Punk Chicago are automatically uh, sold, sells out arenas. So instead, it's Randy Orton. Is there? <laughs> is there? there which I like Punk. Randy Orton, you, but would yeah. you guys say with a hundred percent certainty that there's at least going to be one CM Punk chant in the building that night? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Didn't when CM Punk was let go, and they had a show in sh- Chicago, WWE they years used to ago. They for him for tra- years. But didn't they try to do something years. to avoid that happening? And Paul Heyman. Yeah, well, like, like the very first time when they they had Paul Heyman come out to his music. You remember that? And Paul Heyman sat in the, the ring and talked to everyone. That's oh fine. All right. Um, well, is there anything else? Outside of the shows that we want to get to before we get into Raw. Uh, before we get it, I just, I know, so we're going to do Raw first. Before we get into NXT and or Dynamite, I want to NXT? talk. Well, I figured we'd talk about it a little bit because of the, the war. Um, oh, right, I'm going to talk right, about right. it but once we, we get... talk about Dynamite. We'll go back. But once, yeah. before you, so then before you talk about Dynamite, I would like to go over some uh, number statistics. Uh, so just let for me the know Tuesday Night War, get yeah. yeah so when we wrap up we Raw, we'll go over it. Sounds good. Um, so let's get right into Raw, guys. Raw this week, Seth Rollins would uh, end up opening up the show. Um, I believe, and no, I thought he opened up the show. I think I'm wrong now. Now I'm thinking Sami Zayn opened up the show. Oh, no. No, that was tonight. <sighs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, that was tonight. Okay, yeah. Let's, let me we just follow my notes. We watched a lot of wrestling. <laughs> Seth Rollins <laughs> opened up the show. Uh, Drew McIntyre would shortly come out, though, and it didn't take long before you know Seth Rollins realized why, why Drew McIntyre was out there and basically said, you know, you want a shot at the title? And... Um, Seth Rollins, uh, I know he's not the matchmaker, but we got a match set for those two at Crown Jewel for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, While Seth was in the ring and Drew was still on the ramp, Damian Priest would come from behind and attack. Dominic would come out from the Titantron area and bring out the briefcase. Drew would stop him, grab the briefcase, toss it, so that Damian wouldn't have a chance to... uh, to cash it in and drew would take out dom and uh damien priest's cash in would fail i don't think he's cashing in for a bit right now i don't want to see like, damien priest as champion yeah neither do i and it's i it better not they happen don't either are you serious that's... dude they don't want to see it either <laughs> they're not he's not there yet he pump, needs to pump, hang on do you that. think he's gonna lose it 
Punk comes back at Mania, Look, he, faces Seth Rollins, and then Damian Priest cashes in on Punk. Cashes in. <laughs> That'd be terrible. <laughs> Tim would be like, I'm done with WWE. He, I'm, he con- definitely I'm, has- <laughs> I'm, literally, I'm literally contemplating life right now after you saying that. <laughs> I'm like, my eyes, my eyes just glazed over for a second at that talk. <laughs> you definitely have heat then. Priestwood. Oh be so bad um, he's not there all right no no uh ricochet would attack shinsuke backstage for uh because shinsuke took him out a couple weeks before um but this will culminate in something later and including tonight actually while we're watching but Rhea ripley would attack nia Jax during nia's match against raquel rodriguez and then what happened after this um, I believe we said something while we were recording last week. Shayna Baszler would end up taking out Rhea. I like that pairing. Yeah. Of those two. Uh, she hit her with a nice knee to the face, and uh, Rhea would end up being flat on the mat. You know, there's there's very Doesn't, few people that are, like, believable that, like, taken out Rhea. I think Shayna is one yeah. of those people. Yeah, because she's, she's also a trained... Uh, fighter, so yeah. I mean, um, this this is believable for Rhea, and I think Rhea needed someone to work with. Who, no offense to the other women, but she just seems like whether it's storyline, entertainment, legitimate UFC, whatever, that she would probably whip their ass. So it's cool that she has someone that she can go up against. That it's it actually is like a it seems like a fight, like an equal. An equal altercation. Um, one thing I want to bring up because I don't know where it's going to fit in the show. It's not show related, but it is WWE related. It just dawned on me. Saturday night, Logan Paul defeated Dylan Danis in a boxing match, and his comments afterwards on the mic. <laughs> his comment afterwards, though, in the middle of the ring was, <laughs> in the middle in the middle of the ring in, a, in at a boxing event, he a boxing he called out Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship. <laughs> I kind of look. I talk as much crap about Logan Paul as anybody, but like, I kind of love that in a weird way. Like, that's he's keeping it kayfabe, baby. He's keeping it going. I'm with it. I, I respect mean, it. Does it get the casual viewer to to be like, who's what's he talking about? At least maybe, I don't know if the casual viewer is watching that. Maybe a few hundred though will tune in. It's something. Yeah, but also like, did you hear the crowd when he said that? He was like Rey Mysterio, and the crowd was like, "I didn't even see the video. No. I just saw that he he ended up doing it." The crowd had like no reaction <laughs> because it's a boxing pay review, and I'm sure none of them really know that. Some of those they're people like, might not even know he wrestles. They're like, "Is that a new boxer? Yeah. I don't know about." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like the U.S. title. Um. So moving forward, Michael Cole would introduce the new. Uh, undisputed tag team champions. Uh, Cole would ask Rhodes if he still planned to finish the story. Um, Cody said that fast lane was a great moment for him and Jay, and that he's excited to be a tag team champion. Uh, before Cody could address his, you know, pursuit for the universal title, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens would come out uh, to discuss getting a shot at the tag titles. Sammy uh, said that it should be him and Owens holding the belt, but he still is happy for um, Cody and Jay. 
Owens, however, uh, did not have mixed emotions and said he wasn't happy to see them holding the titles at all. Uh, Cody said that he not only uh, do they accept the match, but they can do it that night. So that would end up being the main event of the show, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, and we'll f- see later. This would be the last time, at least for a while, Sammy and Kevin are teaming up. Once we yeah, get to SmackDown. It makes sense that it was the main event. Um, Ricochet, though, went to have a match, and Shinsuke would attack him during his entrance to make up for the attack backstage. Bronson Reed would defeat Ricochet and Chad Gable in a triple threat match to earn an intercontinental title shot. Not a fan of this. Don't care for Bronson <laughs> Reed. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird that he all of a sudden got this. Like, uh, it kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? As long as it's not on a pay-per-view and it's just like a one-off. Yeah, fine by me. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa talked to reuniting DIY backstage in the locker room before they were uh, before they got attacked by Imperium. Um, So they are teasing it; it is happening. It seems like it's officially. You know, they were talking about the stuff before during their NXT run, so that was cool to see. Uh, Becky Lynch retained the women's NXT title against Tegan Knox, and then the main event, like I said, was Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. They would end up retaining their titles against Kevin Owens and um, Sami Zayn. Afterwards, I believe KO would end up shaking their hand. Like, KO and Sami shook their hands. Yeah. Um, but that would wrap up Raw. Anything to add, guys? This was a good episode, I thought. I thought the week was good. To. Mine's Rampage. I didn't write anything down for Rampage. but Yeah, everything, yeah, everything but Rampage was good. Um, so let's get into the Tuesday Night War this week. So <laughs> NXT is always on Tuesday. Uh, AEW had to move to Tuesday, I believe, because NBA. Um, um, uh, baseball was on Wednesday. Oh, it was, it was MLB. Okay. Um, so, yeah, this is, I think, the first time in a long time that they've had to compete um, against one another on the same yeah, night. Yeah, it was like a, a, a random... Tuesday in October, they had a, they started competing. So we're going to mainly go through Dynamite, but some of the stuff that, you know, uh, NXT did to combat this was have a loaded up show with main roster stars. So I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, who appeared. I believe Cena, no, Cody Rhodes opened up the show and was the Knights GM. Well, just before we get into the actual show, can I do the numbers? Yes, so Tim's going to, you know, they were competing, and we'll find out who won and all that. Um, so these numbers were compiled by WrestleNomics. Uh, NXT on USA Network was watched by 921,000 viewers on average and 396,000 in the key demo. AEW on TBS was watched by 609,000 viewers and 346,000 in the key demo. So NXT smoked them in the general ratings, but they were pretty close in the key demo, 396 to 346, the 18 to 35-year-old male demographic. Um, So... For the opening segment of both shows, uh, I believe on one show, 
you had I can't remember. Uh, Andy will get into so, it. Uh, Andy, what so was NXT opening opened up segment? Um, AEW's opening segment was it was a match. It was Eddie Kingston versus Minara yep. Suzuki for the ROH World and NJPW. Now that was the uh, pre show. Oh, I forgot they had like they did something to they draw like fans hour. in. Uh, yeah. Was it? It was Brian Danielson versus Swerve, right? Number yeah, one contenders match for TNT Championship. What yeah. was the first match for or match or segment for NXT? It was Cody Rhodes coming out announcing he was GM for the night. Um, I mean, that was the main part of that. So he talked okay. for like almost the entire match. So on so, so while that, oh so he came out. Cody. Sorry, then then the NX then the NXT champion Ilya Dragunov came out and Dom, and they had some words back and forth. Um, and so Cody, I believe, a, made a, a match. You had a promo on NXT, and you had a match on AEW. Uh, two big stars on AEW, Swerve and Danielson, and Cody Rhodes being a big star himself over on NXT. Uh, so AEW, in the opening segment, one-on-one with each other, AEW got 731,000 viewers. NXT in their opening segment got 991,000 viewers. So, not terrible. Closer in that opening segment, but NXT, that clear victor. Now, by 8.15 p.m., which is segment two, by the way, uh, I'd like to say, personally, I thought that AEW actually had the better product on air because at that point, uh, NXT had the pub battle the pub battle on uh but nxt i skipped was that to watch powerhouse hobbs versus chris jericho yeah. right so you had that on one channel and then that on the other so even with that nxt still smoked them um so that was a hard battle for AEW. and also when john cena came on the show later that night around 48 thousand people tuned out of AEW to see John Cena. I'll tell you I tuned out of AEW to watch the Cena segment. Right. So it's I'm I feel like that makes sense though. Yeah. Like Cena draws like crazy. Well, so so I know we're gonna get I know I know we have a lot to get into, but I just wanna say real quick, you know, even Meltzer, who was like the pro AEW guy and his whole camp with Alvarez and all them, even they're saying AEW's cold. Even with Edge so let me ask you guys this, and this is not, I don't want this to be like a, like we rip AEW apart thing. This is a genuine, I'm talking to you guys as fellow wrestling fans. What do you want to see from AEW going forward? Uh, you know, the big conversation lately in the IWC is what does AEW need to do to get their excitement back? At one point, I felt like AEW was uh, can't miss wrestling television with a passionate fan base who wouldn't stop watching but over time even i will say it seems to have gone down whether it's the pictures of the audience that we're seeing or the numbers and the ratings and i know we joke around about me being a a shill for cm punk but this is outside the punk stuff what besides tony khan needing to get off twitter which we will okay i was uh, i was gonna say what do what does this show need to do to get back to where it was two years ago? 
even before Punk, let's say before Punk showed up, what do we need to get to, to do to get back to at least there? So I'll tell you one thing um, for me. Some people, this is a good thing with AW, and that's why they like it. For me, it's a reason why I would switch over to something else in the middle of it. I get AEW has a bunch of different types of wrestling, and you know it switches on and off. So when it's something I don't like, if there's something competing with it, I'm gonna switch back to to NXT. You know, because they're gonna, and so they're gonna give you something that feels. And well, I'm it's consistent. WWE is like pretty it's consistent. Giving, they're giving you like a consistent thing. product. Yeah, I know what to expect, and so. If if AW is loaded with something that I don't like, you know, I see the card and I'm like, uh, I mean, I'd rather watch the other thing now. But that's just me. Some people like the variety. Jeremy, you might, you know, enjoy well, that. I I'm real I'm really curious to hear Jeremy's opinion, especially because I think even Jeremy could agree that. I mean, look, all three of us are AEW fans, even when Andy and I like to give it a hard time and. Look, guys, we we're just having fun, okay? No we give it a hard time. Crazy. What? It's it's wrestling. We're joking. <laughs> we're having a good time. But R A S S L I N. Yes, but Jeremy, what do you think as <laughs> yes. like a guy who maybe is even hard more hardcore into AEW than me and Andy? What do you think that they could do to get back what once was the excitement? I mean, for one, it's like the arenas so that they book right now. Because I just saw it recently, they book like big arenas for their weekly shows, which they're not going to fill. Uh, even if they got like their five thousand whatever seats filled, they're still not even close to for these arenas. So I don't know. It's like, do you guys remember when um, was it Suzuki and Brian Danielson had that match on like the? It was another one when they went head to head with like I think it was like SmackDown for that Rampage for that like half an hour or whatever. Oh god! And it was in like this small arena. Yeah, yeah, it was in the small arena, but like the crowd was insane for that match, and I like on TV it didn't matter what what the size was; it just sounded amazing. And I just feel like they need to start doing that again and doing more like cool arenas that are smaller, maybe, but yeah, just like I mean, sound better and just look better on TV because that's that's the whole point of it, looking better on TV. Because then it doesn't matter how many people you have there. Perception is reality, right? So if you're showing me, yeah. If you're showing me, if you're giving me camera angles and only showing me stuff that makes it look like it's packed and you lie to me, basically, it could actually be a good thing. Yeah. When you give me those shots of you guys with the, like the tarps the other over week. all the seats, it makes you yeah, feel... Yeah, was it two, two collisions ago? I think it just makes you feel like, yeah, it kind of makes you feel like, oh, I'm rooting for the underdog. But it also makes you feel like, damn. Because I still remember three years ago when those arenas were filled for AEW. You know, when the like, yeah. when it was still, people were still pumped. Ours was pretty filled AW. when we went. I mean, dude. But those were also small arenas, though. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're booking. That's like, the size they should be like, doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think if you're, like Jeremy's saying, if you're booking MSG for Dynamite, it's like, all right, you probably, like, that's why. You could probably get something more manageable, yeah. you know, and smaller. That's going to look better on TV, yeah. too. That's not going to have, like, 
just I don't know the tarp thing. I just think is like kind of a bummer when you see it in a weird way. It's awful when you see that. Yeah, I think also they're kind of still recovering from like Punk leaving, uh, and then also just kind of like the all the drama that they had for like it almost felt like an almost entire year, basically. But I feel like they're getting back to. They well, still have to recover from that to get to the storylines. What about the drama I mean, that happened on Collision? That was good drama, though. We'll talk about it. Because there's no issue. But, but it also comes down to, and, you know, dude, he's, like, unhinged, so I'm not trying to, like, Tony start Cole. any beef beef with him. But, like, oh, Tony, yeah. the owner of AEW will say that. He, uh, he just is, like, dude, like, he gets so angry on social media, and I just think it's, like, a bad look. It's, like... First of all, you you called out John Cena and The Undertaker, for, who honestly, both guys, no matter if... I, even AEW fans are like, come on, bro, don't talk shit about The Undertaker. Come on. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, did you hear and, that it was like people internally now are like, all right, you need to like, chill out? Well, yeah, because, dude, it's like, dude, it's John Cena and The Undertaker. First of all, the one guy has done more make-a-wishes for terminally ill kids and anybody <laughs> ever it's like <laughs> yeah. maybe let's not like try to like talk shit yeah also the yeah. other guy is the undertaker so it's like come on and then him like calling uh triple h and sean bald assholes like a lot of those first of all that's like come on i know you're mad that you're lost but like bro and then second of all the- and that the thing is, don't you want your employees to have respect for you? And when you act like this, it kind of you kind of lose respect. Yeah, when you act like, like a, a child, kind see, of like your boss being like, but like hey, Adam, but Adam fuck Cole, these guys. how do you think Adam Cole and like guys like that feel? Like they're probably like, hey, dude, that's like kind of my friend that you're <laughs> saying that about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> It's got to be uncomfortable. Which is, least, which is, you know, an uncomfortable. Yeah, because the the hard part is, the hard part is because like everyone always says like, working wise, Tony Khan is like really good and he's really nice and he listens to everyone's ideas and everything. It's just, it's just like when everyone leaves the room and he has his phone. No, but that like, becomes like the horrible part. Look, I, you know, everybody else is everybody's like, oh, can you imagine Edge? adam copeland walking out to these arenas with like that are half empty i'm like no can you think about what he's thinking about tony khan's tweets he's probably like dude do not say that the undertaker and triple h is literally edge's friend (laughs) like it's like come on man like don't don't do that yeah Uh, just bad luck well let's continue with the tuesday night war um and actually get into the show. I'll just say NXT had John Cena on the show. Asuka had a match and continued her undefeated streak within NXT. Um, she still has never lost while being there. Um, Paul Heyman was on the show. Cody Rhodes we talked about. Um, Dominic. And the show ended with Undertaker. American Badass Undertaker choke slamming Braun Breaker. With the wrong entrance song. Undertaker at the wrong entrance song? Well, like, I just don't like oh. it. Oh. It's the Kid Rock one, right? I like his first one. This is the lazy... Um, the la- well, I, call, uh, I call it the lazy taker. 
It's where he just comes out dressed as is. <laughs> he like walked off the airplane and was like, yeah, as is. <laughs> he was like, he was like, uh, Baron Corbin, can I borrow your motorcycle for this? Thanks, boss. <laughs> I'm just going to wear my so, regular clothes. So let's get into actual dynamite, though. Um, Brian Danielson would defeat Swerve Strickland in a really good match to open up the show for a number oh, one contender's uh, shot at the at the TNT Championship, Christian Cage's title. Um, a great match. I think Swerve is becoming a really big star right now. Yeah, I'm digging him. And the dance from Prince Nana is getting over. <laughs> I know who Swerve is. If Tim knows who Swerve yeah. is, that's a big deal. If you if you want to hear yeah. about times where I didn't know who Swerve was, you can go back in our archives on youtube.com backslash the PWFanPod where you can like and subscribe. Just saying. <laughs> um, Powerhouse Hobbs with Don Callis would end up squashing Chris Jericho. Jericho did what was right for business, putting over Hobbs. Stronger than anyone has at this point. Um, I was kind of surprised by that. And we got another video package uh, that featured Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, and the Kingdom. They're not as good as the Adam Cole and MJF stuff, but um, it's still entertaining, and uh, it breaks up the show it's into kind of different a, I segments. guess it's a yeah, good way to, like, while he's injured. Um. Orange Cassidy would win back the international championship from Ray Phoenix. Now I know Moxley is injured. Have we talked about did did Ray win the title because of what happened during the match, or was it planned? Uh, it sounded like it was because of what happened. And then did Ray lose the title because of visa issues, like I read, or do we think that Orange Cassidy is a safe bet? To go with like when Moxley took up the AEW World Championship. Mm, I have no idea for that one. I mean, it's an opinion, I guess. I mean, that's what I think is happening. But they did say, like Orange Cassidy did seem a little bit different after he won this one. Like people are doing a comparison as like he when he was holding the title this time, he was just looking at it. He didn't care about anyone else. The first time he won it, he was like celebrating with everyone Mm -hmm. else. And so this is mine. like maybe it's an evolution to heal Orange Cassidy. That'd be interesting. Um, Wardlow would end up squashing Matt Seidel. This is the second match back, and everyone's talking about the wrist tape that said MJF on it. Yeah, I don't know if that's like uh, what he's gonna challenge for the title, or I don't know. It doesn't seem like he is should. It like my sights are set on on him, kind of thing. I guess. Uh, Jay White would defeat Hangman Adam Page, and we got to talk about this MJF Bullet Club segment, guys. Um, so let's talk a little bit about. Uh, so. So Switchblade still has the title that he stole from from MJF. MJF wanted it back. Um, Demanded the title pack. Jay White refused, and Juice Robinson announced himself for next week's Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. And uh, a pissed-off MJF would end up... Sorry, guys. Uh, Walked off um, when Juice Robinson threatened him to use a roll of quarters on him. So, really bad timing. 
boy. If you know the MJF we story, he talked this. about during the CM Punk feud in high school. He said that, or in you know when he was younger. I don't know middle school, or high school, but he said that quarters would yeah. be thrown at him on the floor, and he would be told, "You boy, pick him up." And I think that was the initial reasoning behind it, like a throwback to that whole. To get inside MJF's head now, timing-wise, it's really bad with what's going on in the world right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's the summary. Give, give me your thoughts. Yeah. They uh, definitely shouldn't have done this right now, of all times, or maybe even in general. Um, I mean, it literally showed MJF on collision at an like, anti-Semite yeah. like seminar kind of thing, like yeah, advocacy. Yeah stuff yeah so i don't i don't know i just feel like this without the stuff going like, on in the world would it be that. like oh that's just heel juice robinson like if that no, stuff i still, I still don't think that. it'd be good no you don't need to do that anyways like they can easily just do something else to be heels they don't need to do this because now like what you say tim like it makes it look like uh, what bullet club is uh, it makes the bullet club look like they're anti-semitic it's and also yeah they, they also, they had Max, uh, they had his real name on the quarters, which is a very Jewish name. It's like, come on, dude. It's just Do you think this was yeah. a Tony Khan idea? And the, No, I, <laughs> I honestly hope think it might have been, a, I think it might have been an MJF idea. I just That's what I was like thinking. It, it's just, it's just, yeah. but I, I'll just say this. This reminds me of like, sometimes wrestling gives you like bad feelings where you're like, I don't like this. <laughs> so, this, this this rubbed me the same way as, like, one time in ECW, Sandman got crucified. Uh, like, it was really weird and dark. I'm trying to think of other times oh, where it's like, yeah. Uh, it's just like, yeah. Well, obviously the Triple H one. Uh, the, what, the Katie Vick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's just some things where you're just like, I don't like this. This is, you can just yeah. leave, you can just leave this out of out of this wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that was the well, gist anyway, of... Anyway, I hope they don't do yeah. it anything like that ever again. Yeah. Ever. But, yeah. the good part about this segment was that we got official, MJF said, you know, you want the match, you got it at full gear. We have MJF versus Jay White for the title. I gotta say, yep. that entrance, though, with Jay White in the front with that title looks really good. Looks great. Looks really good. They yeah. still have the coolest entrance. Stupid cardboard cutout, please. Why don't you like the cardboard? I one? hate it. It's stupid. What Come the Burberry? On. You don't like the B- triple B? Oh, the cardboard cutout. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the, the brown yeah. background of the belt. You meant literally the J White cardboard. No, cutout. the belt. The belt's sick. I like the brown yeah. belt. He doesn't like the actual yeah. cutout. Um, Not when the real guy's there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny if he's that's like not different... there. That's Remember. the that's the sound clip of the week right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Soraya this week would end up losing her championship to Hikaru Shida, who's now the first ever three time AW Women's Champion. Thoughts on why? You know, I I saw someone post this and I was like, yeah, it sounds about right. Like I feel like Tony Khan just said to Soraya. Like, yeah, I'll give you the title, like, they made a deal, and then they didn't really want to or know what to do with her. 
so they just took off. Well, her. one thing I'm reading because that's what it on felt Bleacher like. Report, um, it said talking about this match. It says despite the magical comeback and unquestionable effort, Soraya appeared a step slower than her opponents and looked to be lacking confidence on more than one occasion. Maybe that had to do with the devastating injury and lengthy absence from the squared circle, but it was noticeable again here. Until she has the opportunity to compete more often, putting the title on Sheeta was the right call, though it would have meant a whole lot more had Storm been the one to dethrone her former teammate, which I agree with because Tony Storm is shooting to the moon right now with her character. Yeah, I agree too, yeah. It would have made more sense, too, because they were a part of the same yeah. group. And now they're not. But they did have a match a few weeks ago, and Soraya won it. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What do, What does Booker Andy know? I, nothing. <laughs> um, so yeah, Christian Cage be, would speak... You be right bef- about some stuff. Christian, <laughs> Christian <laughs> would speak before the main event, which was Adam Copeland's first match in aw against luchasaurus um christian would some of the things christian said was i am not their father or not their leader i am their father that is the difference uh (laughs) he said this when he was mocking edge's run with the judgment day in wwe and why it failed though did it fail or was all just part of the plan like to get him to work with balor (laughs) you know yeah i just Um, have one question for both of you How's everyone's father's done? How's everybody's father's doing today? <laughs> Christian would also take a shot at Edge's wife and said, I have a lot of fans around the world. In fact, I know your wife, Beth, is a huge fan. <laughs> Christian's the best. It's um, but I during the match... This, dude, this dude's like almost 50 and he's literally crushing in like the best run of his career right now. It's great. Um, during the match, I did not like Luchasaurus tombstoning Adam Copeland. Uh, <laughs> the only person that should ever tombstone him that I feel fine about is The Undertaker. And that's not even... Even The Undertaker nowadays, I'd be like, he knows what he's doing. Maybe Kane. <laughs> Maybe Kane. Maybe even Kane, but... Uh, I don't yeah, know. I didn't like that. So the match, trust. though, the match was a lot of trust. was basically they got they got um, a cheap he got a cheap shot in to Adam Copeland early in the match that kind of allowed Luchasaurus to dominate majority of the time. But in the end, Edge would end up winning the match, of course, or Adam Copeland would end up winning the match, of course. Um, so also, I forgot, I didn't even think of it, but the Edge's uh, tights, like, did he have or Adam Copeland? Did he have the E on them, like for Edge, or was it like I, I didn't even look at them for that. Uh, or was it like a brand new one. I know it's newer tights, but I I didn't even pay attention to it. Yeah. Um. But afterwards, um, I believe you know Christian and his guys would attack, and then Blackpool Combat Club would come out. You know they're kind of going babyface ish in helping out. Um. Uh, Adam Copeland, but then also Mogul Embassy would come out, and I think Hangman ended up coming out, and it was just a lot. Yeah. But Brian Danielson versus Christian would end up happening on Collision, and we'll talk about that. But that would wrap up Dynamite. I mean, you know, 
sometimes I think, you know, or not sometimes, but most people say that competition makes a good show. And this week, you know, felt like a competition, especially Tuesday. Show. And, you know, I, if, I will say, if you don't watch NXT and I think this past show was a good way to get in with, you know, some familiar faces. I think this is the first time you guys watched anything in a long time from NXT. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's gotten a lot better since they switched to 2.0. I don't know if you guys have noticed that in the little bit that you did see, but I watch it every week. I can't believe you Anymore watch it every that. week. God. Dude, every week, man. <laughs> every week. I just don't talk about it. But I know what's going on. I know who's coming up. It's the future. You got to pay attention to <laughs> I knew Ellie and I was gold before he came up. up. I knew Ellie and I was gold. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He was, I mean, he was a full-blown heel during his NXT run, but let's get into SmackDown. SmackDown was, I think, my favorite show of the week. Yeah. It was the SmackDown season premiere. Which I never understand when they do that. I guess... Oh, so this I checked the dates. This was the se- the same. It was the anniversary of when they switched to Fox. So okay. it's the season premiere because the original SmackDown wasn't till I think I checked. It was like March, like back yeah. in like two thousand or two thousand one or whatever. Um, so that's crazy. It's been on the air for that yeah. long. Yeah. So it's the season premiere of when it aired on Fox. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. No, is it to the exact date? No, but it might be like the first Friday or the second Friday in October. Yeah. yeah. So this show uh, was kicked off with John Cena. Um, it didn't take long, though, of him being in the ring to where the bloodline would end up coming out. And welcome back, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns would end. It was nice to hear. His music it was nice again. to hear. Roman's a star, guys. Roman's a stud. He came out. It was like Bannon, Dannon. No, Dannon, No, that wasn't it. My bad. Uh, so one. Cena was in the ring. Roman Reigns and the Bloodline came out. Um, I mean, huge pop for Cena. Still, no matter what. Um, Reigns received, you know, the same ovation, though his reaction was a mix of booze. Um, I, I can't get over Paul Heyman's gray hair. He died it back, though. He did? This was like, God damn, pal. Yeah. It's not yeah. Vince. It's not Vince anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you know Vince is still back there tri- saying that type of stuff. He's like, come on, pal. You have to do a Triple H impression now. He's like, pal, you gotta turn your hair back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, never mind. <laughs> so, while Cena was in the ring, he would end up saying to Roman, I'm not here to challenge you tonight because I haven't earned it, but I do know someone who has, which cues a monster LA Night pop to his music. I think for LA Knight fans, we've been waiting to see LA Knight do something with Roman. And we finally got a little taste of it uh, during this promo. One thing LA Knight would say was, you pissing your pants yet? You're Roman, right? 
And he's so basically said, let me introduce myself. Um, he's the guy that's, you know, the fastest rising star on SmackDown. And, um, again, that camera shot that the camera guy had, LA Knight's glasses reflecting glasses. Roman Reigns and, um, was beautiful. No, it wasn't reflecting Roman, right? It was, we were in it. That's our cover photo and then, for this. And then, yeah. Vince is li- and then Vince is leaning over the monitor in the back like, God damn, pal, that's a good shot. And then they turn around, they're like, Vince! <laughs> they're like, Vince, shut the fuck up, you're not even involved anymore, right? Like, Vince, get out of here! <laughs> He's like, sorry, just thought I'd get my input. <laughs> but He like creeps back in somehow. <laughs> but after back and forth, Jimmy Uso, Jimmy Uso would end up attacking LA Knight, and Roman did not seem... Uh, <laughs> Did not seem happy about it. Oh my god! So, it's so it. so stupid. Just Vince sneaking in real quick. He's like, "That's a good shot." They're like, "Get the fuck out of here! You're not even allowed to be here." He gets like dragged out. He keeps sneaking back in. <laughs> All right. Uh, pretty pretty deadly would return to action this week after. Uh, one of the the members, um, I think it was Elton Prince because of the Elton Strong was the was the shirts that they were making. Um, so they would defeat the I don't know these guys no. yet. Well, they would defeat the Brawling Brutes. Maybe if you watch NXT and NXT UK, you would know them. Like, <laughs> oh, now we gotta watch two more. Well, NXT UK is not around NXT, anymore. NXT, but guess NXT, what? Never NXT, missed an episode like, of right. that either. You're crazy, man. <laughs> Andy's the ultimate. Andy's the ultimate fan. Um, Carlito has he even watches Rampage. I do. Here's the thing, though. You here's the thing. Andy will watch everything, but you ask Andy, you're like, "Hey, Andy, I'm gonna show you this match from 2001." He's like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "It's all like annoying." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like our truth versus John Cena. No, I. Which our truth still I deserves show, the WWE championship. Dude, I show Andy like good stuff, and he's like, "Oh, like look over." He's like texting on his phone. I'm like, "Bro, what the heck." Tim will also, uh, to keep in mind, Tim will also be like, "Let's watch this NWA match from 1979." Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude. He's showing him. It's real, like black and white. I'm showing him real wrestling. He showed me like an old ass <laughs> wars war games with like Stone Cold Steve Austin in it. Or Stunning Steve. Stunning cool, yeah. Steve. Oh, Stunning Steve. Stunning Steve. Say. It's not even that old. It's not. It's one of the newer ones of the old generation. <laughs> it looked, old. It <laughs> newer looked old as hell. Um, it's all blurry. You can't even tell what's happening in the match. Get that so VHS Car- Car- quality, Hoss. Carlito would have some words with Bobby Lashley <laughs> backstage. Bobby would bring up, he said, uh, I think the last time we were in the ring together, he was basically beating him down, which was like years and years ago on the first round because they both were there. At that time, uh, the Street Profits would end up attacking. And then we had a segment with uh, Triple H, who had an announcement. First of all, he gave he gave Adam Pierce his flowers, um, saying he has done an incredible job doing a very thankless job, basically being the on-screen GM of both Raw and SmackDown. Um. So he also promoted him, saying, as of now, you're the new general manager of Raw. And then uh, before he could introduce the new 
um, GM. And that was his whole announcement. Um, Dominic would end up coming out, and the boos were loud as hell. Triple H, who was usually in the back, <laughs> would end up saying, I always thought they were pumping in that noise. I never realized how loud it actually is when you're out here. Um, oh, that reminded me of, I saw this one funny tweet. It was like, because Triple H was saying a bunch of things that like people like tweet out or post or whatever, and they're like, Triple H is just, like, is just online as much as Tony Khan, Except he's just lurking. He doesn't actually post. Yeah. <laughs> um, during this segment, though, I, I noticed like when he first came out and the crowd was chanting Triple H, he kind of got real for a second. He's like, "You have no idea how much I miss that." Just the, yeah. I'm I'm sure yeah. he does. That's been nice. You now you're you're behind the curtain all the time. Now you don't you don't really get it. Yeah, and he knows what it feels like too. So fans fans still love him. Um. So, the main part of this whole thing, though, he introduced the new GM for SmackDown, which is Nick Aldis. I don't like that Nick Aldis just walked over from, like, where the announcing tables were. I wish he had, like, come out. Where did he come from? Yeah. It's almost uh, like he the, was sitting uh, out the, there the uh, whole time in a chair, and he was just off camera. Well, he actually came from the NWA, yeah. so... Oh, my God. <laughs> um, he just spawned in like this area. Now, Jeremy, you and I were talking that even if you only watch AEW and WWE, if you don't know anything outside of those yeah. two, you probably still don't know who Nick Aldis is. Yeah, and I think like a quarter of the audience actually knew who he was. So he became that. a free agent. I think. What about what about the ones who know who Magnus was? Magnus was his name in Impact, right? <laughs> yeah. So in NWA, he was like, okay, so a little back history. At one point, he was the NWA champion. At the very first all-in, Cody Rhodes would defeat him to become NWA champion. Nick Aldis would win it back and basically hold it for like three years before losing it to Trevor Murdoch. He became a free agent. Random person to lose it to. <laughs> yeah. He became a free agent in, uh, I think, the end of this summer. And he would end up signing a backstage, like, producer role deal with WWE. Now he is on screen, uh, and he says he's not retired. So, Jeremy, I'm going to read what I was reading to you earlier. Also, can you say his age, too? Nick Aldis. All right, Seth, keep this in mind. Seth Rollins is 37, which is the same age Shawn Michaels was when he won the match in the Elimination Chamber. I don't want to hear that. Also, just the other day, I just saw that I'm <laughs> the same age as Triple H that he was in the non-sanctioned match at SummerSlam. So I'm not oh okay. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> what I'm about to read is a quote from Nick Aldis, and in it, it says his age. So this was back in uh, September. Title of the article from Inside Ropes says, Nick Aldis dismisses talk of retirement. He said, because of the discussions about a different role, immediately it jumps to, oh, he's not wrestling anymore. He's retiring. Is he done wrestling? Hold on. I'm 36 years old. Maybe another blessing and maybe another blessing and curse in my career is that I got started on a national slash international stage very early in my career. I was signed at 21. Sometimes I get put in the generation ahead of me in terms of age. I'm 36. I'm very much in my prime. Wait a minute. Where's all this discussion about being done with wrestling come from? Everyone needs to chill. I personally 
The guy, the guy's a big dude. If you saw him get in the ring in the suit, if Vince was in charge of creative, mm-hmm. I feel like he'd be like, "God damn, pal, that's that's the kind of star I want." <laughs> I would like to see him go Vince, from. Don't you come around here again? I swear to God, get, to, get out of here. <laughs> There's like kicking Vince in the face, like get out of here. So I personally would like to see him. him and he's like, <laughs> I want to yeah. see him. He's like, no, please. I hate you guys. <laughs> I would like to see him go from a GM role to an active superstar role. I hope that's what happens. I don't know. I hope so too. Will. I mean, he's thirty-six, which is he's insane. younger than Seth Rollins. Also, I mean, first of all, he's three years older he's than Tim. Years older than me. God. <laughs> first of all, he looks a lot. He older. looks forty-five he at like least. Forty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. It, He's also yeah, married so to Mickey James, the, for fans that don't know. Yeah, so he's so he's he's with an older woman. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm excited to see him on, on TV every week. Um, but the first order of business he did was introduce the superstar that we've been waiting for to find out who was going from Raw to SmackDown because of the Jey Uso uh, trade. And that superstar is Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens came out. Big pop. As soon as he walks in the ring, first thing he does is stun Dominic and uh, shake Nick Aldis and Triple H's hand. So Kevin Owens is now officially a SmackDown superstar. Yeah, so I'm excited to see Nick Aldis. Yes. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Anyway, no, yeah, like silent. Yeah, you guys are thinking about more Vince stuff to say. (laughs) (laughs) This is becoming an all Vince podcast. All right, pal. Cody, I'll just plow forward here. Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso retain their championships. Continue on, pal. Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso retain their championships against Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. Um, Cody has a little. Face to face with Roman afterwards at the top of the ramp. This was a nice little tease for possibly something in the future. Backstage, we see Aldis uh, make a match for Charlotte Flair and Io Sky next week for the championship. But right after this, Charlotte Flair is walking in the w- walking away, and we see her bump into none other than Jade Cargill. This was a cool face to face that I didn't. Yeah. No, I mean I, I knew we all probably wanted it, but it was really, really cool to see. They're both about the same height as what it looked like, um, too. So no one was kind of you know over overcrowding the other. Um, it'd be cool to see and something at like Mania. Like, hey, this is Jade. And then oh, yeah. Vince is like, God damn! And then all of a sudden, Triple <laughs> H takes the chloroform behind Vince, and he's like. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Are you guys just saying that like Vince is like this all of a sudden? All of a sudden, he's just like, ah. yeah. Vince, he's always in the background. <laughs> he keeps. He's like the guy that keeps trying to break in, but nobody wants him there. <laughs> all right. Well, our main event because of the opening segment was La Knight versus Solo Sokoa. La Knight would end up defeating Solo, um, I believe, to a failed distraction from Jimmy Uso. If I'm not mistaken. And then afterwards, Roman Reigns would come out of nowhere and spear L.A. Knight. And then the show would go off the air. And then you sent us a cool clip of L.A. Knight 
done his finisher on Roman Reigns. Was it a house yeah, show? Yeah, that was a live live event. LA Knight would have hit Roman Reigns with the BFT. Do you think the um, fence is at house shows? No. <laughs> he just pops out to the curtain. Yeah. They're like, Vince, we're not even on TV. All right, let's get into collision, guys. No, there's no Vince at collision. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> He's like, I'm looking into a new endeavor, pal. Instead, instead <laughs> it's just to- Tony popping out. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, can you imagine if Vince and Tony Khan were together? Oh, my God. All right, Adam Copeland would end up opening up the show uh, with a promo, but you could barely get two sentences into a speech before Christian Cage would end up coming out with a group of security guards. Uh, Christian would end up telling uh, Adam Copeland that he wasn't welcome in AEW and he should leave before the guards made him leave. Brian Danielson would end up coming out and would inform him that Luchasaurus has been banned from ringside during their match. Ricky Starks and Big Bill would show up and said everyone in the ring was uh, taking time away from them. He would also make a comment about what is this, Wild Hogs? Talking about Christian, Edge, and uh, Brian Danielson calling them old. Yeah. Also, real quick, do you know that this is Big Bill's, Big Cass, anything, his first title of any promotion? Oh, yeah, they never won tag titles, him and Enzo. Yeah. Anywhere they've been. All right. Well, let's talk about what was said because apparently there was some heat in the ring with Adam Copeland and Ricky Starks, and there's people on Twitter <laughs> saying things oh, like "next year." Pro- see, here it goes. People, it's already started. People say, "Here's some things that people wrote." <laughs> Next CM Punk question mark <laughs> dot dot dot. You're working with cho- you're working with children now, Mister. And then another person wrote, next press conference is about to be wild. <laughs> um, you see, he comes in eating like a muffin. You're like, oh, God. So during the segment, after Stark seemingly went off script by referring to Copeland as bug eyes, the WWE Hall of Famer uh, Edge retorted with an insult about how Starks is merely a vanilla midget version of The Rock. Um <laughs> Starks would also I didn't think to, uh, make a sarcastic remark about how Copeland's comment is about to send him over the edge. Both parties looked visibly <laughs> annoyed, but still many believe that this was all scripted. Though Dave Meltzer, via Wrestling Observer Radio, said this was not part of the plan for the segment. Both stars were legitimately angered during this, drawing many to recall the infamous workers' rights promo between CM Punk and Adam Page. You know for a fact... <laughs> Dude, if this is legit, you know for a fact as soon as that happened, CM or Edge immediately thought of CM Punk and was like, holy fuck. He's like, this guy was right the whole time. <laughs> the Ricky Starks is one that CM Punk think... liked. Yeah. I don't think this was like serious as in Dude, like they're pissed off. Baby steps. Just, like... baby, just sprinkle a little here. <laughs> sprinkle a little takes. there. Dude, I was watching the first... I mean, either way, I liked it, though. The first nine months of AEW, CM Punk loved AEW. After that Hangman promo, it was the end. Death. 
<laughs> so Edge gets like two weeks. Yeah, Edge gets two weeks in before it starts to go bad. <laughs> He's calling Phil and being like, "Dude, you're right about this." <laughs> Look, like, I'm just hey, saying. Philly, I'll, call, Phil. I'll say this hey, now. Actually, uh... if something happens with Adam Copeland, of all people, people have heard things about Punk. Maybe it is just a Punk problem. But if something happens with Adam Copeland, it's an AEW problem. Yeah. It's, it's Edge weird, is though, like because, nice like, I, guy. That's like, what no I'm one, like, is like, oh, I hate He's a really nice guy. Yeah. So. But I thought I thought the last line was just so funny when Ricky Starts was like, he almost put me over the edge. And, and Edge was just like, oh, yeah, dude. He was, yeah, he was just like, oh, come so on, dude. <laughs> dude, he was probably so pissed. If he was now, like, oh, now that you, if you didn't know about that, go back and watch that promo. You can kind of see Edge's, oh, like. I, I, is annoyed. I can't wait to go back and rewatch it. Cause he's yeah, especially that last line. He was just like sitting on the ropes, like oh yeah. my god, like rolled his eyes and everything. Do you think that it's because though? Do you think Ricky Starks thinks? Because maybe he did take advice from guys like CM Punk, where he thinks this is what I gotta do. I gotta make a big impact right now. You know, like I gotta, I gotta make it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's un. It's not uncommon for like a guy to be like, "Don't look at me like this," while he's talking to another person. Because like Eddie Kingston does it all the time when he's like, "Don't look at me like that, or I'm gonna punch you in the face." Because that's just like their character or whatever. But I I didn't think it was like anything serious. Have we all forgotten, by the way, about Jungle Boy that he's even on the roster? No. Uh, so Jungle Boy has a- so Jungle Boy has actually been quietly not suspended anymore. Uh, I've read and- that, but. But he, they don't have any immediate plans to bring him back, and they are going to do it slowly, I guess. I was reading, according to, uh, I think that was Wrestling wrestling News. The gener- the, the do you know how much he has on his contract, though? Because I feel like they might just like run it out for him. I have no idea for that. By the way, there was a new promo this week, or video package. Sorry, I'm going back to NXT. You guys ready for Lexus King? I am. Bri- Brian Pillman Jr. Oh, right, right. So he had a video yeah. package. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he's basically turned on the idea of his father and kind of called his father like yeah. a deadbeat. And he's like, I don't want to use that, his name. He's like, I don't want to be called Jr. So he listened to Christian then. Yeah. Yeah, he should have been like Christian was right. <laughs> Christian. <laughs> my father is dead. <laughs> my God. What did Christian say? He's like, your father's. Boy, de- you did have a father, and your and father, father is yeah. dead. You did. <laughs> well, MJF is the one that a while ago said something about Brian Pillman's dad, and he was like, "He's down there." He's like, "I don't know why you." Uh, yeah, no, he's down there. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, MJF can push it a little too far, as we know lately. Um, but during the segment, though, also FTR would end up coming out, which was cool to see Adam Copeland with with his buddies FTR. So yeah. I feel like we're gonna get it's like we're gonna get like, like a six man tag in some way, like say Christian, Big Bill, and Ricky against FTR and uh, Adam Copeland. So what would um, FTR and Adam Copeland's name would be called because you know, like CM Punk was CM FTR, AC FTR. I've heard R- a couple FTR. rumor about the I've, rated I've rated FTR, rated FTR. 
Oh, snap. That's pretty good. There yeah, you I like go. that. Booker, Booker Andy. Andy. Booker Andy. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I read a couple things. People were freaking out like, oh, they, they trademarked uh, CMFTR in case because yeah. they want to go back to WWE. I did read something today, and I don't have a source. Maybe I can get it for next week. But in my scrolling, it was something about – it was – probably it's probably more for the idea that if they do something in japan that they can tag under that name which i'm like actually okay that makes, oh yeah that makes more sense than you know and sell like merch too right and still sell merch let's keep moving forward samojo would retain his roh television title against willie mack and there would be meat chance uh during this match <laughs> CJ Perry, formerly known as Lana in WWE, is looking for people to manage. Action Andretti would uh, come up uh, during her backstage promo and introduce himself. But Miro does not want her to manage anyone. And later on the night, he would have a video package. um, And he would end up taking out Action Andretti. So I don't don't understand the Miro-CJ Perry stuff. It gets confusing. He's like, my hot wife is here to tempt me. (laughs) Like, it's just, I don't understand. No one will touch her. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't want her to be with anyone, but doesn't want her around. It's it's weird. Um, Bullet Club Gold would have a promo after Juice Robinson uh, defeated Christopher Daniels. Um, I believe, was this a match for... Part of the tournament for the Dynamite Battle Royal. Uh, I think so. Yeah, it's a qualifier. Okay. Part. Yeah, um, and he would be sporting a ring. It's not the official Dynamite ring, but he would be <laughs> sporting a ring that. And Jay White like proposed yeah. to him with it. Yeah. Um, and then, dude, I'm loving Max Caster from the Acclaim lately. We had a. Oh yeah. Tim had sent me the video of. Max Caster rubbing MJF's uh Have you shoulders. seen his Twitter before about with MJF? I know that he's always sending him stuff. Yeah, he sent him stuff and he always jokes like they're together. And he's like, Isn't he the sweetest? <laughs> like tweet at him. But during one part, uh, I think uh, Dude. I think I think it was during this, yeah. Um so because of the Bullet Club Gold promo just they in, were talking they were talking classic about classic old dumb Classic old dumb early two thousands humor, you know. They never, they never, yeah. it never gets old. <laughs> well, so they they were talking backstage. Or the Bull Club Gold promo was they were saying, you know, MGF to find people backstage that are willing to to tag with him. Yeah, and this would uh, end up bringing up something with the acclaim backstage and MGF, and. Uh, MJF would ba- basically Max Caster would offer their services to him, but before that he was talking to someone and he was just like, "I like him hard to get." <laughs> talking about MJF saying yeah. no. Well, Billy Gunn was like, "You need to learn how to like." I, don't, I forget what he said, like approach him or like how to like actually like um, talk to him. And then Billy Gunn's like, "I know the women," and then <laughs> Anthony Bones like, "And I know guys," and then he's like, "So we can help you." <laughs> But MJF was not feeling it. He he does not want to team with them. But it's gonna happen. Uh, oh, but then the fu- 
the funny part was like because renee young was there and they're like can we can you give us a second she like walked away and they're like all right when she comes back you have to like say something nice to her and then she walks back and he goes like hey renee how about those oral sessions oh yeah she's like good god she's like what the <laughs> yeah she's like that's what you got um so yeah they were giving <laughs> advice of how to get mjf he's like i like yeah. him hard to get um <laughs> so, so moving forward whoa dude I like the backstage segment where he was like he's like, he's like you're sending me really weird shit. stuff on on Twitter on Twitter <laughs> or on X um, so the main event of the show was Christian Cage versus Brian Danielson uh, for the TNT title really good match um, after Big Bill distracted the ref Ricky Sarks hit Danielson so Cage could take control and get the win. This led to an all an all out brawl with uh, Adam Copeland, FTR, and a few others getting in, in involved to end the show in a bit of chaos. Um, but I thought it was a really good match and a good way to end the show. And I'm glad though Christian Cage retained the title. Yeah, that was the right call. I'm currently um, watching uh, Shayna Baszler versus Rhea. I can't wait to talk about this match but- next week. I got to go back and start roll from the beginning. Now, that would wrap up the show, but there is one thing I added to my list of things to talk about. Let's talk about, because it got released this week, the Iron Claw trailer. You guys ready to cry December 23rd? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) It looks so good. I'm ready. Dude, I sent him a meme. It was from The Simpsons. He's going to kill it. Sent him a meme. Mm-hmm. It was like Zach Efron fans being like, oh, look, Zach Efron's in it. And then actual wrestling fans that know the story of the Von Erics are like looking all <laughs> yeah. sad. It looks really good. It's an A24 <laughs> movie, so that should be already something that grabs yeah. your attention as a movie. They're really good production. Um, yeah. It looks really, really good. And it's I'm predicting. Be- when's it come out, you said? I'm predicting the, the wrestler has been undefeated for over a decade as the best wrestling movie of all time. You think I this think is going to be finally? Yeah. I think finally they're going to... You think so? Mickey Rourke's going to have a contender. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying the wrestler is better than Ready to Rumble? Okay, well... <laughs> Ready to Rumble is la the best la. movie ever. La, boo, la. La, boo, la. <laughs> that... <laughs> See, there's different tiers of there's different tiers of movies. I would say Ready to Rumble is like God tier. So like like Vanilla Sky <laughs> is some might say is the Ready to Rumble of sci-fi movies. <laughs> so I, I'm looking up like what what are some wrestling movies? There's not many. There's The Wrestler, Ready to Rumble, no. Fighting with My Family. No. Even like I liked Fighting with My Family. Whatever. I, was, I mean, it was okay, but like compared to those. Other than that, there's really ones, nothing. There's a that movie I've called seen, The Wrestler from like. There's a movie called The Wrestler from like the seventies. Nacho Libre. Um, yeah, and then other. Nacho Libre. <laughs> Nacho Libre. I mean, other than that, it's like a lot of like docu series. Yeah, like the David Arquette that you cannot kill David Arquette. That was super good. Yeah. Beyond the that mat. Really yeah. They have the the wrestlers on Netflix now. Yeah, so there's not there's not really professional wrestling movies. Um 
Peanut Butter yeah. Falcon has bits of wrestling in it, but it's not a wrestling movie. Peanut Butter Falcon um, yeah. is great. It's fantastic. Um, so, yes, I just want to end. If you haven't seen the Iron Claw trailer and you're a wrestling fan, you know anything about the Von Erics, even if you don't know anything about the Von Erics, watch the trailer. It's going to be a tearjerker. Tim, you can take it. It's going to be the best wrestling movie of all time. That's my prediction. Uh, so, wow. like I said. There's not many. Uh, so. If you've stuck... If you've uh, stuck around to the end, my classic show of the week, and I'm going doing something a little different this week, boys, all right? I don't think I've ever done one of these. My classic show of the week is AEW All Out 2019, which actually is for free on YouTube. They have it in two parts. Uh, there's a part one and a part two. Uh, it's the first ever All Out. And uh, let me. I wanted to go over some of the matches here. Uh, a lot I don't of these wrestlers remember. have now. I know. So let me uh, go with over some stuff with you guys. So we're opening up the show. You got Brick Baker versus Nyla Rose. Uh, second match. Uh, some of these guys aren't around anymore. And Helico and Jack Evans versus Private Party. Uh, oh wow, this is really throwing it back to the old AEW. Third match. Uh, SoCal Uncensored. Uh, against Jurassic Express, uh, Kenny Omega, <laughs> Kenny Omega versus Pac, uh, Jimmy Havoc against Darby Allen and Joey Janela. Oh, Jimmy Havoc! Oh, oh my, my God! Gosh. In a in uh, a Cracker Darby. Barrel clash. It's, yeah, yeah, the Cracker Barrel clash. Uh, the Dark Order uh, against the Best Friends, uh, Hikaru Shida versus Riho, MJF uh, with Cody against Sean Spears. Uh, Lucha Brothers against the Young Bucks, which is a banger. And uh, Chris Jericho against Adam Page. While Jericho was still champion. Yes, this is old school. Yeah. This is old school. That was a little bit of the bubbly part. Yep, old school AEW year one before the pandemic. So what a time. And it is for free on YouTube. So check that out. Uh, We want to thank you for joining us for episode 102. I had a blast talking with the guys. Uh, this episode was uh, especially funny. I was cracking up during a lot of parts. Uh, it, <laughs> go out, enjoy wrestling this week, uh, enjoy yourselves, and uh, we will see you next week for episode 103. And I hope everybody has a great day.